to 2 Timothy, because I want you to notice that Paul, in this letter, which is essentially his swan song, his final letter, he is saying to Timothy, I have finished the race, and I want to make sure that you also finish the race. I now have kept the faith, I have fought the fight, I have finished the race, Now the time for my departure is now at hand. And I am deeply concerned, says Paul, that the gospel ministry that I have exercised will in turn be exercised by you and through you in generations still to come. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. That is the great Alistair Begg. Uh, I absolutely love his teaching, his straightforward approach to theology and his, his straight teaching of gospel. Uh, absolutely amazing. I highly recommend him, Alistair Begg. Again, those of you that, many of you that listen to to uh, me are more, probably more pneumatists, which means spiritual in the sense of the gifts of the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit, um, you know, the signs and wonders, the miracles, those type of dynamics. But this is a different aspect. Alistair Begg brings you a straight liturgy, a straight logos, if you will, and it's just good to listen. It's nice and solid and strong. And so he brings this idea today of Second Timothy and, and um, uh, the swan song of the great apostle Paul as he writes to Timothy as uh, he's getting ready to depart. He knows he's going to die in the hands of Nero. He's asking Timothy to actually come to him quickly. There's desperation in his in his uh, letter to hurry up and come we'll we'll get to that in a little bit towards the end but uh, i i'm touching this this uh, book today on 20 on the on the topic of 2022 staying stirred up how do we stay stirred up how do we stay fired up and what does that really what what does being stirred up mean okay because we we think that uh we think that there's not an activation portion to to this in other words that something needs to happen to us you know someone needs to lay hands on us you know that human participation is not necessary in this and and paul writes to Timothy and um, gives us a different picture, and I, and I don't want to I don't want to give it away yet as we move on. But one of my focuses on 2022 is not to live like a yo-yo, up one minute, down one minute. You know, high high for high high in the spirit for 30 days, and then down in the dumps for another 20. Living in the living between um, uh, what I would call good days and bad days, and emotionally, you know, one day you one day you you feel really great, the next day you feel like you're down in the dumps, that there is no God, and you you begin to live unto yourself, uh, opposed. To living constantly unto God. And this is a discipleship. This is a reminder, okay, uh, to stay stirred up, to stay stirred up. And we're going to deal with that, that word stir up, okay, or to stir, okay. We're going to deal with that 
uh, in this topic because that's something that's very important for 2022 is to stay consistently on fire for God, to stay consistently in the in the fire with God, allowing God's spirit and God's presence to constantly live and guide you. And this was this was one of Timothy's uh, Paul's concerns about Timothy because Paul understood the he understood the tremendous the tremendous persecution that uh, that Timothy was under in Ephesus. He understood that that uh, there was doctrinal issues. He understood that there was wolves and there was there was um, there was. There was persecution from the outside. Now Nero was going was going after the church and going after Christianity after after many years after Pentecost, where there was peace and there was there was this calm about about religion and and uh, in a, in the Roman government where it was very polyistic, where everybody's gods were tolerated, you know, and just as long as you said, you know, now I'll teach on this you know, the Lordship, you know, 2022, keeping Lordship priority. We'll, we'll do something on that where, you know, every religion was tolerated in, in Rome, in, in the Roman government, because as long as you said, um, uh, that Caesar was Lord, you can have all these other lords, but you had to pay homage to Caesar also, and that was one of the biggest one one of the big disputes with Paul. Paul comes comes out to the Book of Romans, and he says Jesus is Lord. He begins to bring a huge divide between Jesus and man. He begins to really blow that apart, and uh, he just wasn't playing that game to get along. He wasn't a get along type of guy, and he was just saying, "No, there's no comparison." between Jesus and no other gods. There's only one God. And so this is this is the the, the backdrop of this second Timothy that that as Alistair Begg says, hey, I finished the race. I finished the race and I want you to finish the race and I want you to trust I want you to, to entrust this gospel to the next generation to come. Preach it the way I preached it. Live it the way I lived it because that's the only way you're going to make it through. Okay? This is important, especially today where so many Christians live in a liberal bubble where they they think that they can serve God any way they want and they can do things any way they want opposed uh, away from what we will call theocracy, where we are governed by God and governed by God's word. Okay, we are in a theocracy where God is the king of our kingdom, where Jesus rules and he is the he is the only curious that we have that that that's Lord. Okay? He's the only Lord we have. Okay? We don't we don't serve Kaiser as curios. We we don't we don't cow down to okay, We'll, we'll take on some of your doctrine. We'll, we'll appease the world so we can so we can live as Christians. No, we live as Christians regardless of what the edicts of this world are. Okay, we live to the we live unto the Lord. Everything we do is unto Him. And Paul is writing Timothy because he knows he's leaving. He knows his swan song. And this book, okay, this Second Timothy is not doesn't have a bunch of doctrines like you have in first Timothy where it talks about the bishops, the office of the bishop. He talks about he talks about conduct and, and uh, theological concepts in first Timothy. Second Timothy, it's more of a reminder. It's it's more of a 
urgent letter not to forget to remember okay that's what this second timothy is about you know he he urges he urges the great apostle urges timothy to stay fired up and again this is this is a a 2022 focus is to stay fired up because once you know what being fired up means then you're going to sit sit there say i have i have access to this if i know about it i have access to being, to being on fire with God, to staying consistent in God, to stay consistent in my mind, to stay consistent in my thinking, to, to stay consistent in my, my, my progression as a Christian, as I grow in faith, as I grow in the knowledge of God. We are to grow. Okay, So Paul urges Timothy to stay stirred up in his ministerial gift. Don't be moved off your call. Don't pivot away. Don't lose the fire and the purpose in which you have been called to. Okay, But behold, there's going to be suffering with it. So hold fast to what I trusted you. Again, we don't like this in the in the in the Western culture church. We don't like the suffering. We don't like the persecution. I said this before and I'll say it again. There's only one way to get out of get out of uh, persecution and that is compromise. Okay? That is submission. Submission to them. Submission to the world. Submission to to the ways of the world. That's the only way to get out of it. Persecution is to compromise. Okay, we'll do this. Okay, we'll do we'll do a little bit of this and we'll do a little bit of this. Just leave us alone. That's one of the big things in the culture with the with the, sexu- the with the homosexuality in the church. Oh well, we'll accept gay marriage in the church. Just leave us alone, so you'll think that we're okay. No, no. Jesus is Lord, Lord of the Scriptures. How He says it is how we live it. How He says it is how we live it. This is how we believe. We don't have to go. Kaiser is curious. Okay. We don't say Kaiser is curious in Christianity. Jesus is Lord. Okay? Jesus is our curious in that that word curious is Lord in the Greek. Okay? We don't say Kaiser. Kaiser is Caesar. Is Lord. We don't say those things. We don't live under their edicts. We don't we we're Acts chapter 4 men of God and women of God. And that's what we're building in our discipleship. In this process of staying stirred up, is that shall we obey God, man, rather than God? Huh? That's the big question. And Paul is Paul is urging Timothy, okay, that there's persecution. There's gonna be suffering out there. Okay? There's gonna be suffering. Okay? But hold on to what I've given you. Hold on to the knowledge of God. Hold on to the truths of God. Hold on to this. Okay? Hold on. Wrap your arms around it and never let go. Okay? There, there's, there's, a, there's a push. There's a push in the culture, and especially within church cultures, to embrace everything in the name of love. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, be bold in your suffering. So when things don't go right, be bold in your suffering. Hold fast to that which I've entrusted to you. Hold fast to it. Hold on to it. Don't ever let it go. Even when you're suffering. Because there is going to be persecution. There is going to be suffering. Okay? So this this is this is one of our focuses. Because we, we got a we got a church culture, and I preached all last year. 
on the 11th commandment Christian. Thou shalt be nice. Oh, we, if we if we call sin sin, that that's not nice. That's not nice because you know that's 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 judging, and we don't want to judge because you know the Bible says only God can judge. <laughs> they don't even know their Bible and they're quoting stuff. But anyway, so Paul is urging Timothy in this letter. Paul is really really challenging Timothy because he knows he's leaving and it's it's amazing it's amazing uh, when you see a patriarch in the family like a, a, a strong Christian father a strong Christian grandpa when a, a strong mother in the Lord a strong that while they're there they keep the family balanced spiritually but then you begin to see that once those people go on to be with the Lord and they transfer into eternal life and they receive the crown of glory and and all that you begin to see how many of the family members stay stirred up and on fire and continue that that burning um uh a stirring that would they would garnish from their grandpa or their grandma or their father or their mother or or their husband or their wife how many people lose their fire how many people lose their their commitment to god how many just just let it go we're not going to do that in 2022 you know paul teaches timothy and he urges timothy and christians to avoid idle and useless discussions that's important. We're, you, you start talking crazy stuff. You start talking about and, and listening to this world about how the uh, on the world views on things. That's shunning. You got to shun vain babblings. Avoid youthful passions, foolish investigations, false teachers. For self purposes, they turn the truth of God into unrighteousness. Again. The twisting of the gospel, the twisting of biblical perspectives, the twisting of knowledge of God. Okay, avoid youthful lusts. You know, Paul's this letter, the Second Timothy, and as I'm giving you just kind of off the top of my head uh, an overview of this. You find this in Second Timothy chapter chapter two twenty two, uh, verse twenty two, same chap same book, chapter three verse nine. He tells about being a good soldier, be strong. Okay? Fulfill the work of, of God with sobriety and courage, especially because Paul knows he's leaving. He goes, uh, first, uh, Second Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 8, Paul talks about his departure. So he knows he's leaving. He don't know how much time he has left. So he's writing this urgent letter with all this advice, all this, what I would call petitions from him to be strong, avoid foolish babblings, stay away from youthful lusts, get away from, get away from false teachers, identify them, put them where they belong. Let them know that, that their truths are not welcome or their, their, their perspectives are anti-biblical. Paul writes Timothy because he doesn't want Timothy to lose his fire, to lose his purpose. Okay. Finally, Paul appeals to Timothy to come quickly. In other words, that human relationship—that that's that urgency. He tells him, "Bring." He goes, "Bring Mark also." You know, John Mark. He kicked him off his. He kicked him off one of his ministry trips because he he quit on him. He says, "Bring my bring me a blanket and bring me some books. I love it. I love it." So again, here we have this this backdrop. Okay, we have this. We have these perspectives that Paul is giving Timothy on what is expected of him, 
What is what does Timothy expect from him since he's been discipled by him? He knows he's leaving, but now he gives us First Timothy. Now that we kind of give you, I gave you kind of like a little overview of the book, a little backdrop. But let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay, this word stir up, anazo pareo, anazo pareo. It's 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 three compound words. Ana means to be consistent or repetition on ana repetition okay so repetitions which which gives you the idea that being stirred up is something that you're going to have to do a lot you're going to have to know how to get stirred up you're going to have to you know you're going to have to know how you're going to have to know how you have going to have a repetitious lifestyle that that is that you repeat the same actions because it brings you the same results Okay, zo. I looked at Anna zo z o. Okay, Anna zo z o is the where you get the word zoology, the animal. Okay, the animal. There's there's the that gift inside of you is 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 a beast. You got a beastly call. You have a magnanimous call. You have a you have a gigantic call, a zoo, a beast of a call. That's where you anazo. Anazo again. This where you get the word zoology from. Zo. Pareo. Where you get the word fire. So what he's saying is that you're going to have to you're going to have to be repetitious to rise up that beast inside of you. And keep him on fire. The call is true. The call is real. So you're going to have to stay stirred up. Okay? You're going to have to stay stirred up. You're going to have to be consistent in your living. You're going to have to be consistent with this. You're going to have to have a repetitious lifestyle. You're going to have to read the scriptures. Meditate on the scriptures. You're going to have to have a worship life. You're going to have to have a prayer life. These are all the things. And then you're going to have to have relationships. That are that are that are what I would call congruent, okay, and are consistent with where you are going as a Christian. Those that those that can speak into your life, those that will 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 help you, those that will encourage you, those that will correct you, those that will do those things. So Paul uses his word stir up. Now let's put this in context. So now that you know this, okay, anazo pareo. Okay, anazo pareo happens to do with repetition. It has to do with a constant motion towards. It has to do a, a, a consistency of, of actions. Zo has to do with the animal call in your life, that beast calling, that lion of Judah inside of you, that, that lamb, right? I mean, that, that, that eagle inside of you, that animal inside of you. Pareo, keep him on fire. How to keep by repetition. The beastly call on fire. Satan loves a lukewarm Christian. One that's been dampered and wet. Don't know how to stay on fire. They can only be on fire in church. They can only be on fire in worship. They get depressed that they don't sing the songs they wanted to sing in church. That's where they get, that's where in some of these, in some of these um, translations, you get the word kindle. Kindle up the gift. Inflame one's mind. Zeal. It, it gives you all these ideas. But when you really break the word down, you really begin to see because your gift, that gift that God has given you, nothing can stop it. It's a beast. It's a beast. You are a Christian beast. You are a new creation. Anazo. Repetition. 
Zo, the beast. Pareo, the fire. It's a compound word. It's the word stir. Stirred up. So Paul writes this in 1 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 8 says this, I thank God whom I serve with the pure conscience as my forefathers did without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call you to remembrance of remembrance of the genuine faith that is in you. I love that how Paul begins to really let us know how he views Timothy. It's genuine faith. It's pure faith. It's true faith in God. Watch this. Okay, the faith is in you. Which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I persuaded and I am persuaded it's in you also. What he's talking about, he's talking about family faith. Faith that's passed on from generation to generation. You come from good cloth. You come from people that see Christ clearly. From doctrinal perspectives. You understand what is required from you. Because it is your faith. It is the things that you believe that guide your life. It's your conduct of life. It's your speech. It's your it's how you deal with people. It's how you deal with the Lord. It's your respect for God. It's the high reverence of the word of God that you have. Have the the later on Paul Paul calls Timothy um one that revelates like him. Paul re- Timothy reminded Paul of him. He embraced the word of God like him. That's why I called him his son. Sons do what fathers do. Fathers get extremely proud when their sons mimic them in godly things, in right things, in athletic things. There's a, it's so funny when I watch my kids coach, you know, as they do some of the things that I did and they they run their practices like I did. They're fiery like I am. They do certain things like that. I just put a big old grin on my face. Why? Because I'm a proud papa because they view coaching the way I do. They see things the way I've taught them to see things. They mimicked me. They 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 they, they, they copied some of my mannerisms and how I approach certain things in tough games and how to how to get kids fired up for their matches or their games or or pep talks and things in those natures i listen to them and i start cracking up why because i'm a crown papa because they have faith like i have faith they see coaching the way i see coaching they see it the way i see it and and what paul was telling timothy you got you have your mother Lois, your grandmother lois and you have your unit and you have your mother eunice and you notice that he didn't he didn't say and your father because very there's either either his father wasn't a believer or his father wasn't there. But Paul says, You're my spiritual son, you're my son. Paul claims Timothy as his son. So he speaks to him at a different level. He speaks to him from a different perspective. He says, Therefore, okay, you have faith in me. It's there. You've been taught. Okay? Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift, that beast, that gift. See, the gift is the beast inside of you. Your ability to preach, your ability to teach, your ability to prophesy, your ability to worship, your ability, those gifts that God gave you. That doma gift or that kadis gift inside of you. You need to learn how to keep that thing on fire. Therefore, I remind you, that's the repetition. That's the repetition. 
A reminder is something that comes at you constantly, constantly, constantly. That's that ana portion of being stirred up. The zoe is the gift. And the pyro is the fire. Keep your gift on fire. That's what he's telling him. I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. So now you're going to have to allow people to pray for you and lay hands on you. That's why discipleship is so important. It's very difficult to disciple from across the place. No, we have to lay hands on you. There are times where you need prayer. It's that repetition of prayer where somebody lays hands on you. You, you, don't, you don't stir it up sometimes just by yourself. You need help. And that's what Paul is telling him. You know, keep the gift stirred up, which is in you, through the laying on of hands. Now, again, there are people that, that don't believe in laying on hands. They don't like... They, they, no, no. Be biblical. For God has not given you... They, they quote this one. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. Okay? So, when you look at all this... Paul, Paul's telling Timothy, you have a gift, which is a beast. You got to keep that thing on fire, but you do that by laying on of hands. People praying. That's what we do in the presbytery. That's why when we pray to bring people into an office, or we pray for them to elevate them in the, in the eyes of the congregation, we pray for them. We lay hands on them to ordain them, to acknowledge before God and before the people of God that they have a gift. And we're acknowledging the gift. And we are putting that thing on fire. Okay. Before the people. Then he says. For God has not given you the spirit of fear. And again. I break this down. This word fear. Okay. Because it's not the word phobia. Okay. It's not the word phobia. In the in the Greek. This is the, this is the word. This is the word dahlia. In the Greek. This, this word is very important. Because this word. Fits into the context because don't forget, anytime we see somebody that's timid, every time we see somebody that's afraid, anytime we see somebody that, that's, you know, that, you know, they're, they're a little shy, we go, oh, they got the spirit of fear on them. Now, this is not what Paul was talking about. See, Tim, what Timothy was going through was real persecution in his church. Nero was coming after Christians and he was telling Timothy, you got a gift, keep that thing on fire. Because if you don't keep your gift on fire, you're susceptible to fears. You're susceptible to issues. You're susceptible. But if you stay on fire, fear has no, has no, has no authority over you. Fear has no authority over you. Fear has no place around you. For God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. Now that word fear is the Greek word dahlia, which means being a coward. In other words, in other words, no, you're not phobia. You know, you're not afraid of spiders. You're not afraid of heights. You're not. You're not. No, no. You don't have these little issues. But fear is designed to paralyze you, and to keep you from fulfilling the call of God in your life. It's the word coward. That's why Jesus says in his teaching, he says that if you if if you turn back. If you turn back or remove your hand from the plow, you're not worthy of me. <laughs> that, that, that's strong language. I know that's not nice. For God is not giving you the spirit of, of, of a coward, one that's going to back away. Because, because you're stirred up. Because you're on fire. It says, but of power, dunamis, and of agapeo, and of hygeno nuos, sound mind. Hygeno, sound. That means you have good Christian hygiene. That means it's solid. 
Now, now I love this, and I hope you're enjoying this, because this is what it's going to take. You must stay consistent. You must stay stirred up. You must realize that that gift that God gave you is a beast. And you have to feed the beast at times with laying on of hands, at times with worship, at times with prayer, at times with reading in his word, at times with meditating on his word, at times with time alone. But there are times where you need hands laid on you. Okay? Because God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but power. Nero's coming after you, son. He's coming after me. He's coming after you. But in this book, okay, in this book, the Second Timothy book, there's two major themes that are here that I want you to understand. What Paul is really concerned about Timothy, number one is to preserve, to keep what I've given you, to guard what God has given you, to guard the precious gift of God, and then to proclaim it and to preach it. So preserving to preach and proclaim is number one. Preserve and proclaim is point number one. Point number two is endure suffering. Endure suffering. Get under the call of God. Embrace it all. The suffering that comes. These are common themes in the gospel. In, the, in, this, in this epistle. Is pre preserve and proclaim. And endure suffering. If you look at verse 13. It says this. Hold fast the pattern of sound words. Which you have heard from me. In faith and in love. Which are in Christ. That good thing which was committed to you. It's a good thing. The call is a good thing committed to you. Amen. I thank God that He gave me a good thing. He gave you a good thing. Keep by the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. In other words, preserve it. Take care of it. And then proclaim it. Chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says this. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace in, that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses. Okay? In other words, you watch me do this. Commit these to faithful men. Commit them to faithful men. In other words, echo them on. Pass them on to faithful men who will be able to teach others. The gospel is generational. The gospel should stay strong generationally. If you come from strong teachers, you build strong disciples. You build committed faithful men. That's why in, in the overview I gave you, Paul warns about staying away from foolish people. Stay away from, don't, don't, don't let them be your inner circle, the people that don't get it right. I know that sounds, that sounds cruel, huh? Love everybody. No, listen, listen. You have, you have to keep your inner circle strong. Commit these to faithful men. I, I want to hang around faithful men. I, I believe I got some of the greatest, I got some of the greatest friends. They're not a bunch of yo-yos. They're strong in the Lord. They walk by faith. They, they walk by the knowledge of God. They, they, do, they, they do what they've committed to do. They're faithful, committed men to the Lord who will be able to teach others. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier. Again, what's, what's he saying? He says, preserve and proclaim. I want you to preserve and proclaim the gospel. He goes, but then I want you to endure the suffering. Don't quit when it gets tough. Don't stop just because it didn't go your way. And this, this idea of committing. In other words, don't throw your pearls to swine. You see these, these, these people that are just a bunch of yo-yos. Hot today, cold tomorrow, you know, up one day, down the next. They're always, you know, the intention getters. The ones that always need prayer for the same thing all the time. 
They're, they don't know if they want prayer or they need a or they need a um, antidepressant. No, no, we need to make up our minds. It's time to preach the gospel again. It's time to it's time to commit the faith of God, the teaching of God's word to faithful man. They will be able to teach others to commit. I, I love the word commit. Paratithemai. Para means alongside. Tithemai means to put inside. To commit, to put, to set it in there, to make a deposit. So Paul says, make a deposit in faithful men. Not unfaithful men. Not guys that don't show up for church, don't show up for anything, and, and they always want your attention. Commit your teachings to faithful men. Oh, Paul, that's not nice. You know, everybody need no, no. What's he telling him? You want to stay on fire? Or you want to get or you want to get wet, be wet by the by, by the water of this world. He's giving, he's telling Paul, this is he's telling Timothy, this is what I need you to do. Commit this to faithful man. Well, if they're faithful men, what do you do with unfaithful men? He points out a different. And I know there's some, oh, but God loves everybody. You got no commit your teaching. Commit, listen, there's some people that will just drain your energy. They just drain it. They just drain. It. They don't want anything better. They want your attention. They want your prayer. They want your hand laid on them. They want to say that they're your friend. They want to say that they're identify those things. Identify people as faithful or unfaithful. Know your relationships. Can you commit? Paratithemai. Can you do that? Can you place something alongside them? Can you make a deposit in them? Are you depositing in them? Paul is Paul is is saying I'm showing you how to stay stirred up because you got to proclaim the gospel you got to preserve the gospel but you got to endure the suffering because once they understand that we're not going to bend to this world they're going to persecute you once you say Jesus is Lord that the word of God is all sufficient for our life that the word of God is inerrant heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall never pass away once you start making those stance that we don't need the vaccine we need Jesus listen listen Jesus is our healer Oh, brother, brother, but you don't know. I know, I know. You you live under the you live under the 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 Caesar is God also. Government is God also. But they're telling you put two masks on, three masks on, four masks on. They're telling you. Uh, but what's the Lord telling you? I am the Lord that healeth thee. What does Isaiah fifty three tells you? What 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 do the scriptures tell you? That's your God. Or is it? Oh. Oh. So can I can I commit the teaching to you? Are you faithful? Are you faithful to the scriptures? So this this theme of preserve and proclaim, endure, suffer. Yeah, I lose a lot of friends for I lose people for this. People don't understand this type of thinking. They don't understand that I, I I stand on God's word. God's word is sufficient for me. This is the hill I die on. The faith of God. Faith in God. Faith for God. Faith towards God. Chapter 3, 12-15 says, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ 
will suffer persecution. Oh my God, there it is again. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, deceiving and being deceived, hiding truth, suppressing truth, keeping keeping the knowledge of God out of the minds and hearts of people. It's going to get worse and worse. That's why you press into the truth of God. That's why when you start saying, Jesus is Lord, He is my healer. No, He created my body. I have an immune system given to me by God. Yeah, you sound like you got three You You look like you got three eyes in your head. They don't understand that. They wouldn't put two men, oh, just be safe, brother. No, I walk by faith. I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by the word of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen. All the scriptures, all the scriptures. If you're gonna live, if you're gonna live godly, meaning godlike, again, read, read it, godly, Hegeos, godlike. In Christ, Jesus will suffer persecution. So, if you're gonna walk like Jesus, if you're gonna walk. Like Christ, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to suffer persecution. But evil men will rise up, impossible will go worse and worse, and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which, which you have learned. How are you going to continue? You continue because you stay stirred up. You stay on fire. You stay in, in the gospel. You stay in the truths of God. You stay in it. You stay consistent. Anazopareo. That's who you are. You're a stirred up Christian. One that repeats the practices of the gospel. Another that understands that the gift is a beast. And number two, it must be set on fire. It must be laid at the altar of God. It must be submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. That's how you stay consistent. And Paul says, you're going to have to continue in the things which you've learned and you've seen and you've been assured of, knowing that Knowing from whom you have learned them. In other words, you saw me. You saw the power of God in me. You saw the power of God in me. You saw how I lived it out. You saw how I walked through it. Know that. You saw how your mother lived it out. You saw how your grandmother lived that. It's in you. Now be man and woman enough to live it out. To live it out. He says, I, I, I love this. He says, know who you learned them from. That from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, make which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. What makes you wise? The Scriptures. The Scriptures for salvation through Jesus Christ. I love first that that's that's uh, chapter three, twelve through fifteen. I don't have time to break that down because that's a whole different that's a whole different teaching. Okay, but I'm just trying to give you this I this this thing here. I got about five seven more minutes here, and I will close it out for the day. Okay, let's look at chapter four, one through four. I charge you. This is again we're going through the gospel, the the epistle of of. 2 Timothy. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I charge you. I love that word charge. Okay. Who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Keriso. Keriso. The word. Preach the word. Publish it. Proclaim it. The divine truths of God. Don't preach about them. 
Don't preach concepts of it. Preach the word of God. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap, heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their, their ears away from the truth. They will turn their ears. I don't, hear, I don't want to hear Jesus is the only way. I don't want to hear that you can't be gay and be saved. Because I have gay friends that are, that are that, you know, that, that they love Jesus too, and they go to church, and we got to find a place for them. Oh, oh, man can marry man. There's no difference between a man and a woman. There's no binary choices. We're non-binary. We accept everybody. I saw this sticker in the car that says, love all kinds. All kinds of what? This is stupidity we found. This is the this is these are the fables and the myths and all this stuff that they that that the gospel warns you about, and we just we just make nice little car fresheners out of them. Uh, be kind to everybody. Everything. No, it's not. They turn away from truths and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful of all things. Endure affliction. Endure affliction. Be watchful. Endure affliction. Why are you going to be afflicted? You're going to be afflicted because you stand for truth. You don't play these fables. And do the work of evangelism and fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. You're not going to fulfill your ministry if you deal with fables, if you deal with unfaithful men, if you deal in the in the concepts of this world and this culture, this perverse culture. You're going to get caught up in compromise. You're going to get caught up in different thinking, in different ways to do it. Stay in the gospel. Preach the word. Preach the word. Queriso logos, the word. Now look at verse 4, nine, chapter 4, 9 through 11 says this. Be just, because again, he's, he's calling because he's leaving. He don't know when he's leaving. This urgency for him to get here. Watch this. He goes, be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me. For he loved this present world and is departed for Thessalonica, Crescens, for Galatia. Titus for, for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. For he is useful for ministry. And he also tells him to bring, bring his books and stuff. Now again, you got to get used to the fact that people are going to forsake. What is forsake? Ekkartabaleo. I love that word. <laughs> and this word, this word, it, 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 it means to leave behind a place. It means to, to forsake it. To just turn your back on it. Paul Paul says, Demas, turn his back on me. And he gives you the reason. Because he loved this present world. He loved this present world. He, he goes against the teachings of John. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not. But, but, but don't judge him, Paul. Don't judge No, Paul says, no. He loved this present world. He loved this present world. See, there's going to be people that love this present world. They will not give up. They will not give up. They see the price they pay, but they don't see the value. And I close here. Because if you don't understand that people are going to forsake, you cannot, you, you and I do not choose who forsakes. We, we endure. We persevere. We make it through the end. Paul was concerned about Timothy passing his the gospel on to the next generation. Give it to faithful men. And they're going to give it to more faithful men. 
and it grows and grows and grows. And we're sitting here, 2022, preaching the gospel. Some try to change it. Some try to redefine it. Some are trying to move it. But we're going to stay true to the gospel. Look at Psalm 78, 1, 1 through 4. One, uh, one through eleven. Okay, I'll read it. It's, it's the longest songs, but it's the history of Israel. But listen to this. Okay, this is why you you marry the Old Testament with the New Testament. Everything that you hear in First Timothy, in Second Timothy, is right here in Psalm seventy-eight, one through four. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. In other words, don't decline. Incline. Lean in. Put your ears, perk your ears forward to my mouth. Okay? Listen to me, Linda. Listen. Okay? I will open my mouth in a parable. Parabalo. Parabalo means to come alongside and to throw a truth. So it's a teaching with the truth next to it. Okay? It's to, it's 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 the side by side of how knowledge comes to us and how we understand the dark sayings of the gospel, the kingdom of God. I will open up my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known. We've heard and known. See, if you're a father, what do your children know? What have you told them? What do they know about your faith in God? Of our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children, telling the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he's done. Verse 5 For he established his testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, he commanded our fathers, okay, that they should make them known to their children. Listen. Our, our faith, this this idea, listen, this idea that you don't have children. This we've got to turn this thing around. You that are fathers, have children, build a family. This is this is the blessing of the Lord. Children are a blessing. Of God. I don't care what the what the culture says. I don't care what the world says. Have children. Why? So you can teach them. They're the next generation. That the generations come and know them. Know what. What has God done for the family? What has God done for them? What has God done for Israel? What has God done? Verse 7, that they may set their hope in God. In other words, we want our children to believe like we This is what Paul is telling Timothy. Believe like me. You've seen how I conducted myself. Follow my teaching. It's the same thing right here. Same thing. Psalm 78. He says, and, and may not be like their fathers. That they may set their hope in God and forget and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Listen, we come from, I come from a line of miracles. I can go down the list of miracles. I'm talking of astounding miracles. Tuberculosis, cancers, brain tumors. I mean, I mean, I can go down the list within my personal family. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the tuberculosis healing and the and the rheumatoid arthritis healings. I wouldn't even be here had I not known, had my parents not known how to trust God and how to believe God because they set their hope in God. That when things happen to us, they set their hope in God. We didn't run to the doctors. We ran to God. That's another thing that we that that is deficient in this generation. Everybody goes to everybody goes to the government. Everybody goes. Everybody goes to the hospital. Nobody goes to God in prayer. Nobody goes to God. That that's that's a that's a huge issue. We grew up. We didn't grow up with with all this. Put three masks on. No, lay your hands on them. I prayed for you and God answered. That's how we live. That's how we live. Oh, brother, that's antiquated. No, no, no. You're too sophisticated. 
that you lost your biblical bearings. That the word of God is not sufficient for you. Laying on of hands, laying on of hands, the healing, the healing Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What's changed? The church has changed. The houses have changed. They've gone and embraced the culture. Listen to what he says here. That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that did not set their heart right and whose spirit was not faithful to God. A rebellious generation. Listen, these are very important. A stubborn generation. A rebellious one that didn't have a right heart before God and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Again, this is this Psalm 78, 1 through, 1 through 11. Read this on your own. Put this with 2 Timothy. Okay? And, and it just marries up. Watch this. Because now he says, now I'm going to talk to you about demons. Remember we're talking about demons that forsaken? Watch this. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows. In other words, they knew what to do. They were prepared. They had weapons. They knew how to get this thing done. But watch what they did. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, they turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law. And they forgot the works and His wonders that He had shown them. So guess what, guess, so guess what this teaches us? The Psalm 78 teaches us. The same thing that Timothy Paul writes to Timothy that you're an anazopareo, that you got to keep the law, that you got to preach the word, that you got to lay hands on, that don't forget what God has done. Don't forget how your mother lived. Don't forget how your father lived. Don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget these things. Why? Because this is part of keeping your heart right with God. If God did it for them, He'll do it for you. Stay stirred up in 2022. I pray that this blesses you. I pray that this strengthens your heart. I pray that you realize that that gift inside of you is an eternal gift. It's the thing that we need to stay stirred up. If you're gonna, if you're called to preach, then preach the gospel. Teach the gospel. Build the church. Prophesy. Evangelize. Heal the sick. Worship. But don't live like a wet noodle. You stay fired up for God. Anazopareo. By the laying on of hands at times. The times of worship. The times of, of consecration to God's word. The meditation. The fasting. The praying. All the things that keep you stirred up. Because it's the gift of God. And I need to, and I need to preserve it. Proclaim it. And then I need to pass it on to faithful men. And even if I have to endure suffering, which I will. Because those that desire to live godly will suffer persecution. Welcome to 2022. God bless you. I pray this blesses you. Stay stirred up because that gift inside of you, it's of animal nature. But it must be on fire constantly. God bless you and have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.